That's what makes us tough. We keep a coming. We're the people that live. They can't wipe us out. They can't lick us. The change has started, and the change in Detroit is real. We're back! Yeah, 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 yeah. Detroit, Michigan. Here, you can actually see what you do affect a great American city, and it's, it's hopefully historical comeback. Welcome to Opportunity Detroit. Hi, this is Paul W. Smith. Joining us today, Veronica Johnson, Property Rehabilitation Program Manager, Detroit Land Bank Authority. Laura Granneman's back, Vice President of Strategic Investments for the Rocket Community Fund. Chris Mueller, lead author of Good Deeds, University of Michigan. And then finally, Donald Wrencher, Group Executive for Housing, Planning and Development, City of Detroit. It's all about Opportunity Detroit. Detroit, Michigan. Veronica Johnson was born and raised in Detroit and has seen the city's transition firsthand. She has a Bachelor of Science in Accounting and Master of Business Administration, along with more than 10 years of mortgage, finance, appraisal analysis, and construction management experience. She has experienced developing innovative programs that address community challenges. Veronica has managed the Rehabbed and Ready team for four years. She is the Property Rehabilitation Program Manager of the Detroit Land Bank. She is Veronica Johnson. Welcome to Opportunity Detroit, Veronica. Thank you for having me, Paul. It is always our pleasure. I would like to know, as much as you think I need to know, about the Detroit Land Bank Authority and your mission. Okay. Well, the um, Detroit Land Bank's mission is to restore blighted and vacant properties to productive use. Uh, we use a variety of sales programs at the Detroit Land Bank to make home and land ownership affordable and accessible to Detroiters. Um, we work directly with individual buyers as well as as well as community partner organization and developers for big and small projects. Um, we take revitalizing uh, we take revitalizing as a very important um, commitment in the Detroit real estate market. Well, and it is uh, very important and. Uh... In fact, there's more money coming your way from the Rocket to Community Fund and City of Detroit. So how will Rehabbed and Ready grow with this new investment from the Rocket Community Fund, uh, Jennifer and Dan Gilbert, and the City of Detroit? Well, we're excited for this additional investment. You know, it's going to allow us to add more newly renovated move-in properties to the Detroit real estate market. Um, we're going to bring more valuable comps to current and future homeowners to utilize so they can access funding, whether they want to purchase or refinance their home or get a home equity loan out to make their own additional upgrades to their property. Um, with this additional funding, we plan on completing an additional 200 move-in ready properties with the, over the next few years um, to stimulate the neighborhoods within the city of Detroit. And that's going to, we're going to be doing this work um, in conjunction with the auction, the Own It Now program, the demolition program, it's going to be a very coordinated effort um, to revitalize the neighborhood. Well, and you've had some great success. I mean, to date, 85 homes have closed. 40 additional houses are already moving forward in the pipeline. Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So um, on average, we rehab properties. Our renovation cost is around $114,500. And our average sales price is is below that at $97,700. So as you see, we're rehabbing at a loss. We're taking on that, that risk 
that homeowners, so the homeowners don't have to take that on. And the additional funding that we're getting from the Rocket Community Fund, the backstop funding, we're using to cover that loss. So let's say you come to the neighborhood. What can neighbors expect to see when Rehabbed and Ready comes to their block? That's a good question. So when we enter new neighborhoods, you know, we want to ensure there is enough DOBA-owned inventory so we can make a difference in market stability to that neighborhood. You know, when we come there, we want to establish stable appraised values by seeding comps for fully renovated properties. You know, that's one of the keys to market stability as fully renovated houses will set the bar for every comparable property that appraises after that seeded property is sold. So this allows neighbors and current homeowners to unlock or restore the equity that they may have lost during a housing crisis, you know, that happened a few years ago. Right. So we're all Oh, you know, we're also restoring that that blighted and vacant property um, that can attract pests or other security issues. You know, we're replacing that with a stable, quality, structured home for a family to move in and call home. So how can potential buyers learn more about the program overall and in what they should expect from the buying process? Sure. Interested buyers can always visit our website at buildingdetroit.org. Um, As it relates to the buying process, we open the property up for for pre-showings as it nears completion of construction and before the final sales price is determined for that property. By doing so, it allows interested buyers to start the buying process early, so prior to the property being listed, so they can go and obtain their pre-approval from their, you know, from their lender so they can know how much they're approved for and what their budget is. So once the property is listed on the MLS, Um, It allows for the traditional sales process to take over. So we know about uh, the great opportunities for the the home buyers and anyone involved at that end. What about at the other end, as we speak with Veronica Johnson, Property Rehabilitation Program Manager, Detroit Land Bank Authority, and and this uh, wonderful program, the... uh, the, the opportunity they're doing to rehab and make them ready uh, grow. What about the opportunities for local contractors, skilled trades workers? Is there an opportunity for them to get involved with Rehabbed and Ready? Oh, absolutely. So we currently have an open request for qualifications out on BidSync right now for general contractors to pre-qualify under our program. Um, once they're pre-qualified, they'll be notified when construction bids are posted. And we only allow pre-qualified contractors to um, be considered for a construction bid. So it's very important that they get pre-qualified as soon as possible so they can take advantage of the opportunities we have coming. Um, We're also looking for more specialized contractors like landscaping companies, selective demolition companies, um, spray foam installation companies, cleaning companies, you know, as those items are handled outside of the construction process. Tell me a little bit about, uh, if you would, Veronica, the uh, the very popular side lot program. Sure. So um, our side lot program is very popular. Um, the DOBA has sold more than 17,000 vacant lots to neighbors since 2014. It's successful. You know, we have a successful auction and own it now and nuisance abatement program as well. Um, we've generated more than 5,300 successful buyers. That's 5,300 properties, you know, that has been um, renovated. And we have an additional 6,000 under the way right now. Uh, I can hear that you're a working mom. 
<laughs> and I am and, definitely a working mom. <laughs> and, that, and that one of your one of your helpers is there. If you need to if you need to take care of them, that's okay. But uh, uh, because family always comes first. But if uh, everything's okay there, then I'll just continue with this. You are in. Everything is fine. They're being kids. <laughs> I know, I know, and that's good. You're being a mom. That's all excellent. Uh, you are involved in an incredible program. It is a life-changing program for so many people. What does that feel like, Veronica? It feels, it feels amazing. You know, it it allows us to um to to be a part of what Detroit has to offer. You know, it it allows us to be a part of the comeback, the reestablishing of the housing market. It allows us to give families homes within the city of Detroit. And not only that, it allows us to give current homeowners back what they were taken, you know, what was taken away from them in terms of their equity. You know, so they can do the things that they want to do in their home. You know, your home is your biggest savings account. So giving people back, giving homeowners back that equity we just love what we do. You know, we do this every day and we love what we do. You know, I've heard the expression before, you know, the, the, the biggest investment in your life is your home. But you don't hear the one you just used very often, Veronica. It is your it is your biggest savings account. Yes. It's important to remember that, that you are making an investment. You are hoping that that investment grows as you would hope money in a savings account would, although interest rates have been very low which is a good thing and a bad thing. The good thing is it gets people into homes a lot quicker than they might have gotten into. The bad thing is people on a fixed income or with money in traditional savings account are not making much money. But uh, if you can get out of renting or leasing and you can get into ownership and the Rehabbed and Ready team ready to help you with that, uh, and, of course, the Detroit Land Bank Authority, that is the direction to go. And if you need more direction, more information, and to view current property listings, you go to buildingdetroit.org. Buildingdetroit.org. And we've had the pleasure of spending time with the Property Rehabilitation Program Manager for the Detroit Land Bank Authority. And we thank you, Veronica Johnson. I thank you, Paul, for having me. Thank you. My pleasure. As we continue on Opportunity Detroit. Our next guest on Opportunity Detroit is the fine vice president of strategic investments at the Rocket Community Fund, which drives philanthropic strategy for the Rock family of companies. She co-founded the organization in May of 2016, has a degree in international development from Georgetown. She's back in Detroit, been back in Detroit, driving economic development work for seven years now. And of course, one of her biggest jobs was when she was the co-host of this program. Okay, so maybe it wasn't one of your biggest jobs. Laura Graneman, <laughs> it's always a pleasure to speak with you and to watch just how well you do uh, each and every day in your positions that you've uh, had there. Uh, and now with the Rocket Community Fund and all the good work that's happening in the city of Detroit because of you, Laura, nice to have you back. Well, thank you so much for having me. It is a big team effort, Paul, and I'm just glad to be able to represent that work. There she is. The team, the team, the team. You have been working, since I've known you, on the Detroit tax foreclosure crisis. Dan and Jennifer Gilbert, 
the fund and uh, and the city of Detroit uh, all stepping up and working together to try to alleviate what has been a, a tax foreclosure crisis. And it all started with you, I remember. And you guys have come a long way. Well, we certainly have. We've, we've, we've built out lots of different programs and, and lots of different support systems. Um, and at the end of the day, we really, really want to make sure that those programs are connecting with Detroit residents across the city who need them most. So if you think you might qualify or if you know anyone who thinks that they might qualify, please, please, please reach out and uh, reach out to Wayne Metro or United Community Housing Coalition. And um, all of those partners are there just to help you. And along with everything else you're doing right here in the city of Detroit, you also oversee national investments that create value for the business and for the community. Tell me a little bit about that, because we don't really ever talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So the work that we do is is really, really deep here locally in the city of Detroit. But we are, you know, really primarily the nation's largest mortgage lender. And so In addition to the work that we do here in Detroit, we also have a platform and an opportunity and a responsibility to invest in housing stability across the country. Um, And so, you know, every day my team and I are looking at national opportunities to support policy change, systemic change on that national level. A great example of that has been our work with Community Solutions, uh, fighting veteran and chronic homelessness across the country. So our work exists in over 80 communities across the country, um, and we are working alongside partners every day to try to drive down some of those numbers and ultimately get to zero chronic and veteran homelessness, which we do believe is possible, and we have seen 12 different communities across the country end homelessness. So it is possible. That would be spectacular. And you've done all of this uh, along the way, and it it never hurts for you to redefine for me, and it'll help our WJR listeners here as well. You've done a lot of this through your for-more-than-profit model, the Rocket Community Fund, recognizing that business and community are linked and it uh, purposefully brings together all of the assets of the rocket companies, the rock family of companies, business team members, etc. But get, lay that out for me, as they say, throw a little, throw a little fat on that for more than profit model. Sure. Uh, first and foremost, we do not do philanthropy in a traditional way. We believe that our communities and our businesses are inextricably linked, and as a result. If our community is stronger, our business will be stronger. And if our business is stronger, our community should be stronger. So our role at the Rocket Community Fund, while most people go straight to philanthropic capital and grants and those types of of investments, our role is not just limited to philanthropic capital. It is really to bring together all of the resources that make us great as a business and drive those towards impact in our community. So that can include things like Uh, technology, team member time and talent, government affairs policy advocacy, and many, many other things across our company. Uh, So the more we can, what we call tie threads or connect the dots between those resources, the more our work is going to be systemic in nature and really reach the root cause of some of these these challenges that we're fighting. Laura Graneman is with us, Vice President of Strategic Investments, Rocket Community Fund, and former co-host of this fine program. you guys, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. You put, you, you put your money where your mouth is or you, you put your mouth is where the money is. I'm not sure how to best say that. But the fact of the matter is 
you don't just talk a good game. You really do invest in this. The Rocket Community Fund has invested over $200 million into addressing complex issues like tax foreclosure, chronic unemployment, support of the entrepreneurship ecosystem. I mean, you really, this is not an insignificant amount of money. It is an incredibly significant amount of money, $200 million, Laura. Well, that's right. It is a significant amount of money. We are blessed with many resources that we want to deploy towards the most uh, important challenges in our communities and, and deploy those resources in a really strategic way. Uh, so one of the, the investments that we most recently made was uh, an investment in the Rehabbed and Ready program. Um, and that's a great example of where we can bring together more than just philanthropic capital in order to solve a really complex issue here in the city of Detroit. That issue with the Rehabbed and Ready program was the fact that there's a significant appraisal gap across our community where uh, residents are trying to refinance or buy or sell homes across our community. And because there's been so many distressed sales across the city of Detroit, they're having trouble getting appraisals that match the value of their home, mm. which means they can't end up getting, uh, they can't end up getting financing. Yeah. There's right. no comps to support their financing. Right. And so we've been able to work with the Detroit land bank authority and the city of Detroit. And recently we made a, a second $5 million joint commitment to the Rehabbed and Ready program to support the gut rehab of up to 200 additional homes across the city of Detroit that wow. not only rehab the homes, but then also because they are sold at a, at a loss, start to, to close that appraisal gap. Um, and then the ripple effects are really felt by the neighbors who then have better access to financing and, and the equity that they have built in their homes over the last however many years. Um, so that's a great example of, of a place where we can bring together philanthropic capital, uh, where we can bring together technology solutions, and where we can bring together, uh, you know, real team member time and talent uh, in helping us list those homes and helping us get appraisals for those homes uh, and much, much more. I'd love to hear, in the words of Laura Graneman, what Rehabbed and Ready is, what it, what it is through your interpretation? Well, Rehabbed and Ready is a program that is fundamentally driving towards closing the appraisal gap in strategically selected neighborhoods across the city of Detroit. Uh, and what we do is work with the Detroit Land Bank Authority and several other partners to completely rehab uh, homes, again, in strategically selected areas in order to create comparables that then ultimately over time, over the course of one year or two years, close the appraisal gap for other neighbors. So in addition to removing blight, getting a new family into that home, removing any safety hazards for kids in the neighborhood, uh, we are also making sure that that sale unlocks equity for other neighbors across the community. Is that what you see, or I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, what do you see as the most impactful part of the program? Yes. I, so we had the, the pleasure and privilege of being able to work with the University of Michigan to do a, a study on the Rehabbed and Ready program, because this program has actually been operating for a, a roughly five years. Um, and the University of Michigan helped us evaluate this program to, to be able to, to tell is our theory correct? 
are these comparables really leading to uh, neighbors getting increased access to financing? And long story short, you can read the study if you want. It is, it is public. Uh, but long story short, the answer is yes. We are seeing more um, instances of, of neighbors in these communities accessing financing that they deserve than in any other neighborhood across the city. The more that we can scale this program, the more we're going to be able to support those financing needs. Vice President of Strategic Investments, Rocket Community Fund, doing a great job, Laura Graneman. Laura, great to talk to you again. Thank you so much, Paul. It's always great to great to hear your voice. As we continue on Opportunity Detroit. As we continue on Opportunity Detroit, happy to welcome in a lecturer at the Ross School of Business. If you listen to my morning show, you heard me uh, gushing all over with pride that our Sophia Marie Smith, my little girl Sophie, who just turned 18, has been accepted at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor and into the Ross School of Business. So when I found that our guest today is a lecturer at the Ross School of Business, where he leads a capstone program where organizations engage a team of undergrad student consultants to advise on a pressing strategic issue. He's also the faculty director of the Detroit Neighborhood Entrepreneurs Projects plus Impact Studio for Local Business, where student interns help Detroit-based small businesses implement projects related to digital marketing, e-commerce, procurement, customer relationships, and access to capital. And he is also a real estate investor who has renovated and sold a dozen houses in the Detroit market. And he is the lead author of Good Deeds, an analysis of the Rehabbed and Ready program, which was just published this past week or so. Lead author of Good Deeds and University of Michigan lecturer at the Ross School, Chris Muller. Or is it Chris Mueller? It is Chris Mueller. Thank you, Paul. And congratulations to Sophie. I hope to uh, have the privilege of having her in some of my courses in the years to come. I will tell her to look you up, Chris Mueller. I will do that (laughs) indeed. So this is all good news. We're hearing so many great things about Rehabbed and Ready. Uh, And uh, from your uh, perspective, which is very special because you've done it, you've rehabbed, you've sold a dozen rehabbed houses in the city of Detroit. Give us your story. Tell me about yourself and your background. Well, um, I, uh, I graduated from the University of Michigan with an MBA and a dual degree in public policy and have been really interested at this intersection of how uh, how markets work and how markets can work um, to support our society and what happens when those markets fail and uh, the impact that that has on the society. And so how we balance market-driven interventions and when we need uh, when we need interventions to help get the market moving again. And so after I graduated, I did uh, a series of consulting, um, largely around entrepreneurship and those kinds of um, innovation-driven um, opportunities within the nonprofit sector, within the social sector. And that led me into the opportunity to eventually start a social enterprise that you just described, trying to work on, um, work on concentrated investments into neighborhoods in renovating houses that would help reestablish markets in those neighborhoods. 
Um, and all that in conjunction with being able to teach at U of M led me to the opportunity to, to write this study about what Rehabbed and Ready has been doing uh, and, and try to share the, the good news that came out of the report. You know, I, I don't, maybe people, many younger people don't understand when I say Catch-22. That film was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, that book was a long time ago. You do understand, It was even, right? was even er- earlier than that, yes. All right. <laughs> well, yes, earlier than that. But it's been kind of a Catch-22 in the city of Detroit, The kind of the problem with Detroit's residential real estate market. And you talk about it in Chapter 1, uh, it, the inability to appraise the value of move-in ready homes has crippled the mortgage market. They need comps. It's pretty pretty right. definite. They need comparisons. And there haven't been any comps or comparisons available in the city of Detroit for a long time. Right. Right. Yeah. So basic basic market, uh, what an efficient market means is when there are buyers competing for something. So if we go to Eastern Market, we can determine that a fair price for a pizza is maybe $14 because there's lots of people available who are willing to pay $14 for that pizza. And if they're not, then they'll go a few stalls down and they'll buy one for $12 and it'll establish that's the price. But in, uh, in the mortgage market, banks determine what the value of a house is that they're willing to give a loan towards by comparing it to other houses, similar houses in the neighborhood. And what the study shows is we took a look at the Bagley neighborhood. And in 2005, if you wanted to buy a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bathroom colonial house, there were plenty of comparables that it sold in kind of the $120,000, $140,000 range. And so it was relatively easy to establish that something in that price range would be fair market value for that home. Banks would be willing to give a mortgage. All is good. Uh, A few years later, 2008, what we saw is there were still a couple of those fully renovated move-in ready houses selling in kind of the 120, 130 range. But there were also we're starting to see a lot more houses that start to hit the market selling in kind of the fifteen dollars to $20,000 range. And that's that flood of foreclosures that we've heard so much about and uh, that story that we're familiar with. But by 2010, there are no fully renovated houses on the market. There are only distressed houses sold on the market, all bought with cash. And so there is no comparable for a bank to understand how to value a fully renovated move-in ready house and we see the collapse of the mortgage market and the significance of that is because it pulls most of us can afford to buy a pizza with the cash that we have on hand most of us cannot afford to buy a house with what we have in our savings accounts we're dependent upon having banks being willing to give loans in order for there to be competition for those houses. So when the mortgage industry collapses, it pulls all the buyers out of the market. And what that meant is that not only did Detroit have an influx of foreclosures like we saw throughout the country, but we also saw the buyers get pulled out of the market. So even when the foreclosures make their way through the market and, and that supply of distressed houses stabilizes, we still have a demand problem 
because without the presence of mortgage-backed buyers, there's no competition for houses. And so the prices in Detroit to your catch-22 have stayed low longer and the recovery has been slower because we had to be able to restart the mortgage engine and do that by rebuilding comparable sales comps of fully renovated houses. And this is why, uh, Chris, that, that, that it seems at least that Detroit has taken longer to recover than other cities? It, it is, uh, because everywhere else we had a, supp- a supply issue, a supply of foreclosed houses, but within a year or two, those largely moved their way through the market. And in other cities where we saw a decline in values of maybe 10 or 15%, within a couple of years that had stabilized and recovered. But here in Detroit, because the demand issue of buyers being able to find access to mortgages and banks having confidence to lend um, in, in Detroit's neighborhoods, um, that's, that's what's kept the prices lower Chris Mueller. for an extended period of time. Chris Mueller is lead author of Good Deeds, an analysis of the Rehabbed and Ready program for Detroit. I said by way of introduction that you were a real estate investor who has renovated and sold a dozen houses in the Detroit market. I would presume you continue to do that, and it's still a good business. Well, it's been a challenging, it's been a challenging business, frankly, uh, because of all the reasons that the, the issue, the... Um, you might fix up a house. And you might p- fix up a house very nicely, and make it a good opportunity for someone. But you're still not going to get uh, a quick uh, approval on a mortgage it, because of this problem. Well, it's it, you know for in, for private investors like me, maybe maybe with this to to tell the story, it's really hard to make a profit because uh, because of the limited number of mortgages and the limited number number of mortgage-backed buyers, the buyers really have all the power in Detroit, not the sellers. So what, what Rehabbed and Ready has done to address that is that the land bank is fixing up, is doing the job that private investors can't, can't really do. They're fixing up fully renovated houses um, often spending in excess of $100,000 in, into the renovation and then selling the house at a loss. And I, as a private investor, can't afford to do Obviously, that. Obviously, yeah. But they, they can, the land bank can, because uh, the Rocket Community Fund has agreed to backfund any loss. So what a private investor can't do, the Rehabbed and Ready can do, is renovate houses, do them strategically in clusters, and know that they're likely to take a loss in the process. But by doing that and having the philanthropic funding to do so, they create a cluster of these comparable sales of fully renovated houses that gradually establish what the value of a fully renovated move-in house is in the neighborhood. And when you get maybe six or eight of those comparables in a neighborhood, well, now other private investors like myself and other companies would, might be willing to now start investing into that neighborhood and now building more and more of those comparable uh, move-in ready houses. And as that happens, now banks start to see, okay, now we can identify what a fair market value is for the, these houses, and they start lending. And now we've got, we've reversed what was once a vicious cycle 
into a virtuous cycle where one house sale starts to build on the next, starts to build on the next. And as we establish those market values, it ends up uncapping the values for all the residents in that neighborhood who have been living there, taking care of their homes, but not being able to benefit from the equity of those homes. So now not only are houses buying and selling, but if somebody wants to take out a home equity line of credit to help do a, a renovation or to refinance their homes so that they can um, do whatever they want to do with that refinancing to manage their, their personal finances or to make investments in something, um, they have the ability to do that because the banks can now establish what the values are within the neighborhood again. Great explanation of Rehabbed and Ready. We appreciate it. And after all, it's from the guy who is the lead author of the book, Good Deeds, an analysis of the Rehabbed and Ready program. That book readily available everywhere? So it's 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 actually it's a it's a case study. It is available through um, the Rocket Community Fund website. Uh, and why don't I make sure since I don't have a URL handy, why don't I make sure I send that to you immediately afterwards so that listeners of the podcast can uh, can follow up with a link. We'll uh, we'll get that out there as quickly as we can. We appreciate. Uh, Your efforts will have uh, young Sophie look you up at the Ross School of Business. And uh, I'm sure we'll we'll talk again. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Paul. All right. Chris Mueller, thank you. Chris Mueller, lead author of Good Deeds, University of Michigan uh, at the Ross School of Business. And also on the front line as a real estate investor in the city of Detroit. And the things that you will face if that's what you would like to do. And eventually we need that, of course, to turn things around. There's a lot going on here, and we've got it for you on Opportunity Detroit. Donald Wrencher was appointed in January 2021 as the city of Detroit's group executive for housing, planning, and development. What's that mean? Well, it means he's responsible for expanding, coordinating, and increasing collaboration among key city departments and agencies, including planning, housing, and revitalization in arts and culture. And the Group Executive for Housing, Planning, and Development for the City of Detroit, Donald Wrencher, joins us here on Opportunity Detroit. Nice to have you here, Donald. Hey, thank you so much for the invite. I really appreciate it. Well, it's our pleasure. Let me point out that though you were appointed to this job at the beginning of this new year, uh, you've been with the city of Detroit since 2015. Right. Oh man, it's it's to feel like it's been a while. That's that's crazy. Yes, I I started with the housing um, and revitalization department. Uh, it was specifically over um, uh, development projects in our central region of the city, um, and it um, spanned uh, the kind of the globe on different housing issues that the city faces, and now. I'm here in this position and continue to have that same passion and want to work to improve um, our city the best we can. I would think that this is one of the best times ever in the last, uh, I don't know, foreseeable past Yeah. Um, in terms of having so many people working together for the the benefit of the city and, and the folks here in the city. No, I, I think you have it exactly right. I think... Um, what I've seen is a, a culmination over the years of just all of uh, the, the investors, the investment community, the foundation community, and the city of Detroit all kind of being on, on, on the same page 
about our strategies and how we're in trying to improve and, and provide healthy neighborhoods. And I think that really comes, um, you know, from leadership at the top from the mayor. Uh, there's a lot of trust in him and, and the administration and people uh, come along and, and say, OK, let's let's all get together to figure out how we improve uh, our neighborhoods um, on a daily basis. And it's been it's been a fun ride and we're going to continue to do the work. Um, and we're going to continue to uh, uh, work with our residents because they're very, very passionate about their neighborhoods as well. So well, it, this is a fantastic time. Yeah, it's all good. The city of Detroit's planning and development department, PDD, uh, aiming to build a city secure in its future, grounded in its roots and hopeful in its present state. The vision yeah. of the uh, planning and development departments, uh, the mission is a healthy and beautiful Detroit built on inclusionary growth, economic opportunity, and an atmosphere of trust. Everything that we can embrace and understand why it's so very important. That's, that's, that sums it up. Um, I, listen, when I, I can tell you that um, a neighborhood uh, where a person is, is raised in and, and grows up in is usually the strongest indicator of that person's future. So it's, it's vital that we are providing investment and um, uh, those opportunities as far as workforce and uh, recreation, being able to live, work, and play, and, and be able to uh, connect people to amenities is just vitally important. And, um, and that also comes along with ensuring affordable housing, eradicating blight, um, and, and providing um, just beautiful and um, uh, uh, many chances and opportunities, um, streetscapes and, and, and parks where people can play and, and and really feel comfortable in their space. And that's what we try to do every day. Kind of um, sums- try to do it in an equitable way, too. Yeah, in, in an equitable way. It kind of sums up yeah. what Rehabbed and Ready is all about. That's that's right. They're they're key to um to our strategy with neighborhoods. Um, it, you, what you saw was that you had a lot of neighborhoods that had strong uh, single-family uh, uh, corridors, and and it would be the the one or two or three uh, blighted homes on the block. Um, and what uh, originally was the idea with rehab and ready, we're like we're going to go fix those because it was really hard at the time uh, to to get a bank to invest and, and do the rehab because if you did the rehab, it it wasn't really at the value. Um, of what you could do if you sold it. You, if, if a house cost, you know, valued at a 70000 and it costs 100000 to do the rehab, but it would increase the, the value of everybody's house in, in the neighborhood, um, we needed uh, some financial method to actually make that happen. And that's where uh, Quicken stepped in um, and, and said, you know, we will um, help you uh, fund projects like this because we will take the loss on those on those houses and because we believe in the city and we believe that um, um, a tide rises all boats and and if we can fix this particular house and we'll take the loss on it um, we can improve the value of everybody else else's house in in the neighborhood so it's been a, a fantastic a way to um, address blight, and they've been doing a really good job at the Detroit Land Bank. Well, it's been a great team effort, and I thank you for your efforts here, Group Executive for Housing, Planning, and Development, City of Detroit, Mr. Donald Rencher. Thank you, sir. All right. I appreciate the time. 
Ah, it's our pleasure, and that's all the time we have. Matter of fact, for this week's Opportunity Detroit, hope you'll join me Monday through Friday from 6 till 10 on the regular morning show, my regular duties. Until next time, regards, Paul W. Smith.